Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Dr. Rob, the referral doc, coming to you up in a small town called Alton, just by my cabin, uh, where our family is actually living in covered wagons. So beat that. Has the coronavirus been so bad that you've been having to move your family up to uh, covered wagons? Then uh, I think I beat I beat all of you guys. So uh, I'm just joking. The coronavirus didn't didn't bring us here, but. Um, I'll have to tell you the story of, of uh, my recent life and my journey with my family doing this little resort with covered wagons along with this uh, referring platform and, and uh, dentistry and all that. Man, my life is awesome, so it's good. Well, first of all, welcome to the Special Dentalist Podcast and i uh, really excited to be here today. I got some thoughts about competition and how competition is really, really great for us and it also if it's used improperly, it can actually be a downfall for us and, and make things difficult. So, uh, above my cabin, I just went hiking yesterday, and there's this little spot I came to where my brother and I went up there and spent a whole day chopping down these trees. Uh, we weren't chopping trees down for the lumber, we were chopping the trees down actually to try to create this natural barrier so the deer wouldn't cross out of our boundaries of our land and into the public. Uh, my family's really big deer hunters, and we get kind of competitive with it. And so when border hunters come to the edge of our property, and we have, we have uh, just world-class uh, mule deer on our property, and and so they come down and graze in our meadows and eat our food and drink our water, and then they come up and bed on the on the hillside, and right on our borderline, uh, the the border hunters that come in on public, they they put piles of apples, and it's legal here in Utah to bait, <clears throat> but anyway. Uh, they lure them off our place, and then I, it's not very—it's not uncommon for us to go and see these big old bucks uh, in in big muley crazy magazines and uh, you know mule deer magazines and and anyway trophy bucks being taken by our public hunters right on our borders. And so uh, one year, my brother and I just were sick of it, and we we're like, we're just going to put up a fence. Well, it was just 250 acres, and we just couldn't put up this fence. So I stayed up all night thinking, well, how can we do this? Well, if we just—it was really thick. Uh, for us, we thought, so I thought, well, if we just chop all these trees down, it will just create this natural hedge and barrier for these deer. And it, <laughs> it was the stupidest thing uh, we had ever done. Man, we spent the whole day just chopping these trees down. Uh, I'll, sh I'll share a picture with the a blog uh, and and also this podcast so you can see. But but man, I I just walked past it on the hike and looked and just saw how silly it was. We spent all that effort trying to keep everybody, all the deer in, keep everybody out. And it was just, it was just ridiculous. And I just got thinking about all the crazy stunts we've done to try to stop our competition. Um, the, there was one time where there was a border hunter that, that had a big pile of apples and a, a little tent where the, a deer blind and a tree stand where he was hunting right on my border. And I got this, uh, it's like this alarm, but it's in a high-pitched squeal that, that human ears can't hear. And people use it for their gardens, if deer are eating their gardens. Anyway, I put batteries in it, and I hit it in this tree, and it was aimed towards this guy's bait. So whenever deer would come and eat, it would just drive him crazy, and they'd run off. And I was bragging about it to my brother, uh, and it was like the day before the opening day of the hunt. And my wife overheard me, and she's like, what are you doing? Um, that's on public land. They have every right to be there. Why are you going to all this effort to try to just take them down? I thought you were better than that. Anyway, she got me thinking about it. I went and took it down, and I started rethinking about how this whole obsession of comp competition had taken me away from the fun of what I enjoy doing. The deer hunt was, was needed when I was growing up. Our family was, 
was uh, not very well off and the actual meat was really important. So we were hunting for meat, but we also were hunting to spend time with my my father and my brothers. And it was just a good time for us to spend together. And it was something that was very meaningful to us. And it had turned into this kind of obsession thing where it was it was more greedy. The competition just got so intense that we were just thinking of all these different ways from like, like in our camper trailers, we actually um, took all the black tank sewage out of it and dumped it on people. I mean, we were doing all sorts of stuff to try to get a leg up on our competition and it just took the enjoyment out of it. And not only that, it just created the psychological wedge between us and our, and the people that were our neighbors, honestly. Since my wife said that, you know, I changed the way I looked at it. And, and I had this instance that happened a couple of years ago where I went to uh, a tree. I put, we put these cameras up as the deer come in, a motion de detects uh, them and takes a picture of them so we can see what kind of deer animals are coming in. And, and I went to check my, my camera and there was another competitor's camera just below mine. And, and so I kind of was looking in it and it took my picture looking at it. And I was just like, that's kind of lame, you know, to put it on my tree. I mean, the, there's a huge forest here and why would he choose my tree to put it on? It's not like it was over a thing of like a natural spring or anything. Um, so it was really frustrating to me, but I just left it. I came back the, the next week and there was this note on my camera saying, um, you know, if you touch my camera or if you do anything, then you'll regret it. And it was just all this threatening stuff. And he left his phone number there and he said, you know, if, if you want to hash this out, you call me and let's duke it out. And, you know, and anyway, I thought back about, you know, how far I'd come with, with trying kind of growing up about competition. And, uh, my natural response was, you know, take that. I, I knew it was, it was a teenage kid. And, uh, and I just thought, man, I just want to take him out back the, the shed and, and whoop his butt. <laughs> but, Anyway, I, I decided that I was going to respond the way I should. And what I did is I just texted him and said, you know what, uh, there's a big forest here and, and there's no need for us. There's plenty of deer. There's no need for us to, to get into this type of a, a relationship. You know, you're, you're welcome to take this area. I'm going to just move out. And, uh, you know, here's some pictures of some, some nice bucks that are coming in and, and good luck. And and what ended up happening is, is this uh, teenage kid, he kind of changed his tone. He started texting me and he's apologized and, and we started going back and forth. And then before we knew it, we were communicating about how his hunt was going and he was sending me pictures of the deer that they were looking at. And over the years, we've ended up growing kind of close and it's been more of a um, work together type of a relationship that's been beneficial to us and that family that, that was in that same area. And it was just a good example of, of competition and how sometimes we have these two different ways you can approach competition. It's the scarcity model where you're just trying to hold on tight to all of the things that you've got and to squash your competition, step on them, do whatever you can to, to make yourself better than them. Uh, and then there's the abundant mentality, which is kind of popular now that, that you've probably heard about with uh, positive thinking. But it, it's it's more of a you know what? There's plenty of fish in the sea. There's plenty of deer out there. There's plenty of dental patients. And, and the more that we just think abundantly and, and think, you know what? I'm going to help my competition. Um, not necessarily help them. Um, it depends on who the competition is. When you're, when you're a specialist and you're looking at general dentists, they are certainly competition because if they don't refer, then they're keeping it for themselves. So they're competition. And so in that way, if you actually help them, 
be successful. That is one of the best ways to actually get referrals from them. So if you view them uh, as competition and you're trying to get mad when they don't refer to you, they're, you're frustrated that they sent you um, an extraction and a bone graft, but they didn't ask you to do the implant. They asked you, you to send the, the case back for them to do the implant as just an example. And, you know, I've, I've had a specialist that, that came at me and basically was just like, you know what, I'm so sick of you sending me um, the scraps. Uh, you need to send me some good stuff like the actual implants and stuff. And guess what happens? I stopped referring to him because, the, uh, but, it, but then I had another oral surgeon that came to me and was like, hey, listen, I'm here to help you. If you want to keep the implants for yourself, that's great. Let me help you show you how I do implants. Let me help you um, and make your, your, uh, your practice successful and the more he was focused on helping me be successful the more I was trying to help him be successful and it started I started finding myself going you know what I could do this one probably but it's kind of on the border but you know what I'm going to send it to this this doctor because he's like such a team player and he's trying to help me out and so there's just such a better way to view competition another competition that uh, for specialists is is something that's not actually you don't think of it as competition but it really is and that is paper referrals so the the mode that referrals are being sent to your office is competition because and that's the biggest competition you've got is because the way that they're sending referrals is so bad it's like you've got some invisible force out there that's pulling 40% of your referrals away and if you actually thought about okay if if you knew that 40% of the, the referrals that were coming to you this other specialist was actually going in and taking them away from you, that's almost half, man, you'd be freaking out. You'd be like, man, I hate this guy. I'm going to take this guy down. I'm going to do everything that I can to get above this guy. Well, the fact is, it's not even a guy or a girl or a specialist. It is just the bad way you're referring. Paper referrals, 40% do not call you. They do not um, come to you. And it's this invisible competition. This and feel free to squash this paper referring, um, this comp competition of the paper referrals because they're not real people. You don't want them to feel better about themselves and, and for, for them to grow. Uh, so what you're trying to do is you're just, you're wanting to take away this, this, the number one competitor is paper referrals. And so you need to get a system that gets away from that. And why is that? I've mentioned this on other podcasts. The whole reason why is because you have no clue that the patient's even there. When they get sent with paper, you have no clue they exist. You can't reach out to them. There's zero way that you can actually help bring them into your office. And so, uh, man, change your referring methods. Find out about every referral. There's a bunch of different ways you can do it. You can uh, have, have your assistant or your office manager, scheduling coordinator call once a week and say, hey, did you guys, these are the referrals that we had. Was there anybody else that you referred to us? I just want to make sure that we're not letting anybody fall through the cracks. Um, and that's one way to do it. That takes a lot of effort, um, uh, a lot of phone calls. Maybe it's a little awkward for your scheduling coordinator to make those phone calls to 30 referring offices. Uh, you can you can do uh, automated systems, which is obviously what what we tout. You know that does all that for you. That shows you, um, you know who came in, who was referred, so you know about 100%. You know exactly. You're not you're not just knowing about the 60%. You're knowing about 100%. And you can see those 40 and automate automated uh, texting dripping on them. Hey, welcome to the practice. How can we help you? Uh, we've shown that that the just having automated texting going out like that to these people that are supposed to be coming in. Uh, ends up bringing in an additional 30% of those. So uh, it's, it's a huge, huge thing to, to have an automated system like that. But whatever it is, you know, that's your number one competition. But, uh, you know, back to 
now, now let's focus on your actual competition. Like, you know, you're, you're an oral surgeon and the competitor down the street, the other oral surgeon, what can you do to stand out? Um, you know, I think that it's important for you to have good camaraderie and to, to not try to push them down in order to stand above. But there are important ways that you can actually stand out uh, above your comp competition that's healthy, that's not putting them down, it's not trying to make them look bad for you to look good. Um, it's just a way for you to stand out. And who, you, who are you trying to impress? The general dentist, right? So there's a couple of ways. Number one, you got to be skilled at what you do. So once it's kind of like when you go into a restaurant, you get one chance to be wowed. And sometimes you get two chances, but when you go into a restaurant, if they don't wow you that first time, you're not going to be coming back. So um, how do you wow your general dentist when they give you a try? You perform good work. You communicate really good with them. You treat their patient like gold. Um, you tell them thank you. Uh, you give them good records of what's going on. One thing that we really found that makes you stand out above other people is these easy referral buttons. They have your logo on it. Uh, you put these easy referral buttons on their desktop so they're always thinking about you. You make it super easy to refer to you effectively instead of paper. So they click that button, pops up your referral. Uh, these are the wow factors that are like, dang, this guy really, really cares uh, about communication. He cares about taking care of our patients. And then you give them status updates on, on your patients Every, you know, as they go along uh, getting the treatment. Uh, Referral Web has this uh, spin to win Starbucks gift card. Um, because think about who you're really trying to impress and stand out. Yeah, the general dentist, he's the ultimate say, but also the one who actually is sending the referral is the gal up front. That's the checkout receptionist. She's the one that, believe me, she's really important for you to uh, impress. And so when she's actually getting rewarded with Starbucks uh, or spinning to win an Amazon gift card, these type of things, um, which are difficult to do uh, on your own because uh, the anti-kickback rules, when you, when you use a third party such as a referring platform like RefferralWeb, then... Uh, and they're the ones that are actually uh, giving the reward for using the system. It's a, a way around it, but it is totally legitimate. Uh, it's not coming from you. We don't adjust our fees compared to how many winners you get. Anyway, these are the ways to help you stand out. But uh, anyway, those are a couple of tips about competition. So in conclusion, uh, don't don't think of the scarcity model. Don't When you think about competition, don't think about ways you can put them down. Don't stay up at late at night getting worried about, oh man, so-and-so is really busy and I'm not. I mean, just focus on yourself. Focus on uh, making every referral count. Uh, oh, one more thing. So here's the deal. This coronavirus is kicking everybody's butt. You have a lot of time to really focus in on what is most important. And what is most important for specialists is the referring doctors. And those doctors aren't doing much. As soon as the coronavirus kind of starts slowing down, you're able to go out again, but things are a little slow. The best thing you could ever do is take $1,000 and just budget in your top 30 referring offices and just have, just schedule them, like text them personally and just a one-on-one, -on -one, hey, I just, this whole coronavirus thing has made me really think about how much I appreciate you. I'd really like to get to know you better, uh, see how you're doing. Let's go out to lunch. Okay, you schedule these things and you go out one-on-one -on -one with your doctors and it's just to get to know them, uh, see how you, know, how you can help them with the virus, uh, getting back on their feet with economics and, and uh, take the time during that to really thank them and just say, you know what, uh, I think that honestly, I've kind of taken my referring doctors for granted and I just wanted to make sure that you understood just how important our relationship is when the referrals that you get that I get from you, they mean a lot to me. And, uh, it, it, 
times like this, it makes me appreciate just our relationship. And I want to be here for you. Is there anything that I can do? Um, I would love to, to help you in any way possible. Do you have any questions about, about anything that, that's, you know, that I can help you with? Anyway, that type of a sincere reach out to them is probably worth more than anything, especially to these, these general dentists that are feeling alone or feeling like they're, they don't have a lot of support. Uh, for you to just be there and show that for them, it will be huge. Um, that's the number. If you can do any marketing at all, put any money into marketing, man, just reaching out on a personal one-to-one. I care about you. It's totally sincere. Um, let me take you out to lunch, buy you lunch, and just say thank you. Uh, that will go so far. So uh, as far as standing out above the competition, just being a genuinely good person and a good friend for these referring offices will make a huge difference. Okay, all right. Well, good luck, everybody. Um, good luck this week with the coronavirus. If everybody, if anybody's having any struggles, uh, prayers and thoughts with you, and uh, we'll get through this. Everything's going to be, be just fine. Okay, see ya.